hi everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How Do You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Janine Scott, who is currently the Marketing and Communications Manager for Empowered, an energy startup founded in Waterloo, Canada, that aims to enable users to take control of their energy, costs, asset optimization, emissions, and more. So hi, Janine, how are you? And let's get started. A little bit of an introduction, please, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Um, well, like you said, my name is Janine Scott, and thank you for having me here today. I am born and raised in a little island in the Atlantic Ocean on the eastern coast of Canada called Newfoundland and Labrador. And I moved to Waterloo about 10 years ago when I started my marketing career with a company called BlackBerry. I'm sure some people have heard of that. And that's where I've gotten hooked on technology. Um, over the course of my career there, I've worked in several different marketing roles. And I left and did my master's in business at Memorial University. And then upon returning back to Waterloo, because that's where my husband and I decided we wanted to raise our family, I found Thomas Van Stee, who was hiring with Empowered. He's the founder. And he was looking for a product marketing manager. And that has since morphed into all things marketing and communications at Empowered. And of course, for me, after having some children and going and doing my master's, I wanted to work in an industry where I could make an impact. And Empowered is really doing that both from a fiscal responsibility for enterprises, but also from helping the planet with emissions and lowering the reduction there as well. So that is how I got here today. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for your introduction. And it's absolutely lovely to meet you. You um, as well, Layla. So what inspired you to join this industry? Well, when I was doing my master's, of course, other things that are relevant right now, especially with bringing some little humans into the world, was kind of faced and masked with the decisions of what impact am I having on the planet as myself? And I started taking a lot of sustainability and business courses related to sustainable business in my master's degree. I was fortunate to have great instructors, Dr. Natalie Slowinski, as well as Dr. John Skorsky. And they were both immensely helpful in highlighting some of the challenges in business. I've learned a lot about closed loop industries and things like that. Um, one of my projects was actually uh, looking at the lifestyle, um, the life cycle impact of having a baby in terms of, you know, what are the emissions when you have cloth diapers versus um, disposable diapers? Um, and it really depends on how long your child is in diapers if you're curious about that answer. So when I finished my degree and I was looking to work for a company that was in technology, but was also making a difference. There were very few in Waterloo that hit all those buckets. And when I found Empowered and spoke with Thomas and his vision about creating transparency in the energy space and educating people in the energy space. And of course, energy and electricity go hand in hand with sustainability. How can you produce and use 
energy in more sustainable manners? How can you incorporate renewables? How can you incorporate more clean tech in the space? And that just che checked all the boxes for me. It was my marketing degree. It was with a company who was making a difference. And then I enjoy going to work every day because I know the work that I'm doing is making a difference. There's a fabulous leader from Fogo Island, Newfoundland called Zita, her name, sorry, is Zita Cobb. And she has the shore, or she's the founder of, I'm not going to get this right, but Shoreline Industries, but they are a social enterprise based in Fogo. And she says in one of her speeches, we work all day and then we go to a charity to, in the evening, we go to a charity event to fix the problems that our day job caused. Yeah. So I didn't want to be in that. I didn't want to be in that kind of situation. So working for a company that makes a difference in sustainability and makes a difference for our planet and helps the planet was something that would make me feel really good. And I'm very proud to work there. No, that's great. And that quote especially is so resonant, especially in this day and age. It really is. So um, you mentioned a few of your instructors who had such a great impact on you, but what are some of the best resources that also helped you along the way? Best resources, conversations. Conversations and networking have been immensely helpful to me. People are, especially in our space, when it comes to innovation in energy and tech in general, people are more than willing to share their experiences. And when you connect with those people, they're in a network for you to draw on. If you have a conversation with a leader in a particular space, typically they're willing to share their experience. And through those conversations, I've found great books that have um, led me to certain resolutions, let's say, or certain educational highlights. I've read great papers. I've been introduced to, you know, peer networks, women in energy networks, things like that. And if you're not willing to put yourself out there and have those authentic conversations with people who are in this whether it's the shared mindset, shared industry, or similar struggles or challenges and similar fields in terms of, you know, I speak with a lot of marketers, but I also speak with women in energy. If you have those conversations, you have to be open to what comes out of them. And that has been immensely, immensely helpful to me. No, that's really helpful. I definitely think having that mentorship and that network will definitely lift you up even further without that than if you didn't have one. Yeah. And you know, the other part about that is also remembering to send that elevator back down. You know, well, I am not seasoned in my career. I'm by no means an expert, which is why I always look to have those conversations to help me out when I need that. We also need to remember that there are people that are coming up behind us and you need to spend just as much time and effort to be open to having those conversations to help people coming up behind you. So as you elevate yourself, you need to remember to bring that elevator back down and send it back down. Yes, love that metaphor. <laughs> yes, um, so are there any lessons that you wish you would have learned before starting in the energy industry? Even outside of starting in the energy industry, know your worth and don't be afraid to speak up. 
anybody who knows me now knows that I love to talk, of course. Um, but sometimes, especially early in our career, it's hard as a newcomer to share your voice. And that's something that I learned along the way that I should have done much earlier. You are hired by a company because you bring value to that company. And if you aren't sharing your educated opinion, be it a marketing opinion, an operational opinion, an engineering opinion, then you're doing that company a disservice if you're not sharing your educated opinion and expertise in that, in that subject. Know that you are valued in that regard. Outside of that, there are things that come up sometimes, unfortunate things that may happen in someone's career that when you are a little older and wiser, you look back on and you realize, wow, that wasn't necessarily an appropriate comment for a leader to make. That wasn't, that was uncalled for or, or whatnot. But a lot of that is coming as well with these movements and generational shifts that we're having. A lot of companies were, are awake and are educating about diversity, about inclusion. And I'm so thankful that we're taking that on at Empowered as well, but I'm glad to see those shifts happen because when I look back at when I started my career, you know, if it was a comment about clothing, that's not appropriate. Exactly. And at the time I should have brought it up and, and addressed it at the time. So learning as I'm older and wiser to tell my young mentees to be vocal about their opinion and to call things out as it is um, would have been immensely grateful to me earlier in my career. And a lot of that has to do with the culture and creating a culture that supports intellectual safety. So um, being able to voice your opinion and not fear, fearful and not be fearful of repercussions or things that would come down the line. So know your value and be vocal about it. I love that. Such a poignant message. Um, so what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Ooh, my biggest failure. I wasn't quite ready for that one, Layla. <laughs> you know, I've had a, I've had a lot of failures in my life. And, you know, something that we have now as a core value at Empowered is don't be afraid of failure. Get up, try again, especially in, in the tech space where you're trying so many things that haven't been presented before. Mm -hmm. Get out, try it. And if it doesn't work, take a little bit of time to figure out why it didn't work, but don't dwell on that. Get up and move on and try something else. A lot of things at a technology company is learning from your failures. Fail, 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 and then try again. There are things in my life that, you know, personal or professional that I can look back on and say, oh, probably shouldn't have done that. But two things, I am the person I am today because of those experiences, bad or good. And when you do have that failure experience, what did you learn from that? One that sticks out in my mind quite prominently right now is I once 
messed up a budget because we had the um, we had the exchange rates wrong. We inverse them. So I accidentally caught, uh, lost a, you know, about 10 grand to a business on that one. Um, but again, that was uh, experience for me because now when I am a leader at Empowered, we look and make sure that we have the controls in place that those type of simple things don't happen, mm-hmm. right? Um, why someone who is a new grad is in charge of making sure that their budget's correct to the degree or correct to the dollar that they're being accounted for uh, doesn't make sense. No one should be able, for example, that cell in Excel should be locked. So just making sure that people are set up for success going forward, but large failures outside of that one, I'm sure that there are a micro, there are a ton of micro failures that I've had in my life that have brought me to where I am. I definitely feel like the culture around failures should change because they're definitely learning opportunities and they make you obviously, as you said, the person you are today. Yep. You know, whether it was me being a, an outburst of a teenager to my, to my mother (laughs) um, or my father, uh, but it has gotten me where I am today and they are, they are, they are learning opportunities. I think a big thing now is when people are doing feedback and evaluations with their um, management and with their employees. It's highlighting successes and opportunities. It's no longer highlighting, these are the things you did wrong. These are the opportunities for improvement. And, you know, some people can really dwell on what went wrong here? Why did that happen? But if you spend too much time dwelling, you can't focus on the future. So very quickly, you need to move fast. What went wrong? Okay, let's not do that. Or let's improve on it and try it again. Mm-hmm. I do think the world's changing. That, that is literally one of our core values of, of the five is, you know, don't be afraid of failure. Yeah. We encourage it. That's a lovely work environment to be in. You just feel comfortable and, you know, you feel ready to go to work and you're not scared about failure, you know? Yes, it's, it's really been empowering. That's great. Um, So what is one myth about your profession that you would like to debunk? The stage is yours. (laughs) A myth about my profession. I don't know. Do you have any myths about marketing or myths about energy? Mm. What do you think? The sustainability industry, I'm not super informed about, but Mm. Um, I guess some, a common myth would be, you know, you are just trying to stop climate change. You know, that's your main issue or like the main thing you're trying to tackle. Yeah. Okay. Um, when it comes to climate change, there's, there's so many myths out there. Even the recent situation with Texas, everybody has their own glasses on and you always have to remember of the context of where those opinions are coming from. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone from oil and gas might turn around and say, oh, it was the renewables fault. Someone from solar might turn around and say, oh, it was the wind's fault mm-hmm. um, because they froze. But the big thing that we focus on is that as an industry, we need to come together. We can't rely on just one type of energy 
to bring us to the future and address sustainability at the same time. When we look at wind and solar and things like that, there are intermittencies involved in those renewable technologies. How do you address those? If you can't address them on the demand side with encouraging more flexibility, what have it, if you're you know, if your infrastructure in your area lags, then maybe you can't do that on the demand side. So, you know, there has to be some baseline generation. What I'm actually curious about, and I, I keep my ears peel, peeled out for, in sustainability, we talk a lot about systems analysis. Mm -hmm. So you look at it, not just from the end result, you look at everything that goes into that. So when you look at renewable technologies and renewable energies, how much energy and resources were used and time were used to manufacture those windmills mm -hmm. or the PV plates or you know the nuclear plant manufacturings and the retrofits and things like that. When you look at it from A to Z, what are the life cycle impacts and what is what is the sustainability impacts from a life cycle for each of those sources? And maybe it would be that some are more sustainable than others. I have yet to see publications related to that. Of course, it's, you know, some of these technologies are, are extremely new. So there's no analysis done on that. And unfortunately, we as a population and we as the world can't wait for those to make decisions. Yeah. So something that we really focus on is it's not a it's not a winner's race. We can't wait on the government. We can't wait on the regulators. We can't wait for one company to win. There there is a huge change that's needed across the planet, and we need to come together to address that. So maybe the myth is is that there has to be one winner or there has to be one leader, mm -hmm. and the truth is we all need to come together to be a leader and address sustainability together, whether that's, you know, two rival companies working together to address an issue or whether that's two unrelated companies coming together to form a partnership and addressing something that they can work on together. That's very interesting actually. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, we shall now switch to some more general questions. So sure. What have you read or listened to recently that's inspired you? Oh, um, I've been reading Rupi Carr. She is an Instagram poet or she gained popularity uh, through Instagram, but she's since published several books. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine gave it to me for Christmas and some of it is ex extremely enlightening. I read it every night before I go to bed, a few of her poems, and it's really calming. As a woman, you feel extremely heard or recognized. That's um, one, one of her poems that sticks out to me right now, someone reposted it recently, actually. It's, he said, you look tired. I'm not, I, this is not verbatim by any means. But it goes along the lines of, he said you look tired. And to me, I've been told that a lot, especially as a mother of three boys. And she said, yes, of course I have been. I've been fighting decades of misogyny. 
Yeah. Oh, powerful, powerful. It is. And sometimes it's just a line or two. Um, but it's been really nice just to kind of switch your perspective and switch your mind frame. So I'm really enjoying that right now. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. I'll definitely make sure to check out some of her poetry. Yeah, she's great. Awesome. Um, so who have been the three people who've been the most influential to you? My dad, my mom, and my sister. Lovely. Yeah. Um, my dad and mom are fabulous parents. I couldn't tell you more about them through, I mean, I could have a whole hour just talking about them. They are extremely hardworking. They have taught me so many fabulous core values and lessons that I wouldn't have learned from anyone else. How to be respectful and, and humble and empathetic my dad is the most empathetic person I have ever met. And that understanding what empathy is and having respect and being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes goes far beyond. Even just related to marketing, a lot of marketing is, you know, you are selling to someone. And, you know, you need to be able to put yourself in that person's shoes and understand what's of value to them. But that goes far too in your personal relationships and your interactions elsewhere in the world outside of outside of work. My sister is such a giver. She is extremely humble herself. She also works in energy. When I took this job two years ago and we joked and I said, How, when did you ever think that you and I would have deep conversations about electricity and the energy space. And it's not that um, it's not that it's a complicated world. It's just I had grown up or I had worked in fast tech, especially in the mobile communication space for so long. And mm -hmm. she's an electrical engineer by trade. Mm -hmm. And now we're both uh, on the demand side of innovation. So it's been interesting. But she is an extremely humble female leader. She carries her own weight. She is an inspiration to me daily in terms of how much she takes on, how caring and kind and generous she is. Mm -hmm. And just, she strives to, you know, she really makes me strive to be a better person. I love that. I love them all. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That was really heartfelt. Thank you. And last question. Um, is there any advice that you wish you gave yourself just in your life in general? Hmm. In general. Well, I've been, again, back to my parents, I've been very fortunate to have such big supporters. Hmm. Um, they've always believed in me and always have pushed me to do my best. So I felt extremely supported, but not necessarily entitled. Um, I saw the value of hard work and appreciated that. Maybe something that has, I'm going to bring up Rupi Carr again. She wrote a, a poem that said, I'm romanticizing about the past or being anxious about the future and I'm not living in the only moment that's present. Mm -hmm. 
And so many times when you're early in your career or even in school, you're so anxious about the things that you want to accomplish and you want to focus on. And sometimes when you build up those mount, those worries or those pressures, it creates a mountain. And then that can be almost hard to understand how to tackle. And you get frozen by or paralysis by analysis is a common term, but you get almost frozen in like, where do I start? So when you focus on the present, not only are you, you know, happier as a person because you're being with the person that you are with. I am with Layla right now. You're present in the conversation. You're present in the activity that's going on. But from a professional point of view, just focus on the day. You know, what are you going to accomplish today? And don't tackle the whole mountain. You can't do that in a day. Just say today I'm going to finish X and then the next day it's Y and it builds on from there. And for, you know, and before you know it, you're at that top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. So just don't get frozen about what's, what you want to accomplish or where you want to go. Have that goal in mind, but focus on the present. That was so beautiful. Thank you. And especially during the pandemic, I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in the bigger picture, but you've just got to take every day as it comes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so, so much for talking with me today, Janine. It was absolutely lovely to get to know you better and to hear more about your life story. Yes. um, So thank you. Um, That was the end of the episode. (laughs) 